Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to the Daily Transcendence Podcast. I'm G.O.D. And I'm Ray. And we're your hosts. Take a journey with us into the realms of some of humanity's most inner thoughts and theories about what lies before us and beyond the other side. Take a step back with us from the day-to-day heavy burdens of this constant evolving life. From awakening the collective, astrology, the spiritual divine, holistic health, shamanism, and quantum theory, to the frequencies and vibrations of our universe, history, religion, numerology, and so much more. We spend countless hours researching to bring you the breakdown of information from some of the greatest minds in these fields and even our own experiences. We're here to challenge your thoughts so that you can reshape your own minds and beliefs into ones that better serve you. We hope you enjoy the discussions about the supernatural and the ancient knowledge that we have become so fond of and we wish to share with you so that it may also help you on your quest in this human experience we're living. Let the transcendence begin. Godspeed and share on. Don't forget to like, follow, and share on our Facebook and Instagram at The Daily Transcendence. Make sure you stay up to date and get notified on new episodes and more content by liking and subscribing on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and many more. We want to hear from you all and connect, so message us or email us at thedailytranscendence at gmail.com. As always, we entirely appreciate your support and allowing us to bring to you this transmission. Hey, what it is, what it do? What it do? What it do? How we doing? Back at it again. As always. As always. Uh, right. Yeah. Episode 11. This is a, kind of a continuation of our last episode, episode 10. Which we talked about the chakras yeah. and the energy body. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have, we've gone over uh, how the field works in previous episodes. Um, how, you know, the matrix of reality, how, how it works and how the observer affects the particle into the wave and all that. Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> but. We did go over then how we communicate via our consciousness as individuals and how we affect reality itself. So going through something like the chakra system would be very crucial in the understanding, uh, you know, how we get to our final destination and understanding this stuff because your energy body, uh, it matters maybe even a little more than the physical because it is what's directly connected to the field. Yeah. And going and and going over all that and understanding it really um, kind of makes you see in a different light a little bit now how uh, even these even these types of uh, energies that are going on are a little uh, kind of bringing in like this augmented reality almost it seems like yeah yeah and you know it would actually go perfect with what is going on in the sky uh, we've been of course we've said it many times we we follow the astrological charts the daily charts and we uh we scope out what you know me personally many astrologers i get many perspectives must be the gemini in me to hear multiple sides of things but uh through what's being discussed in the chaos and entering a new age uh this would all make sense the breaking down of of old energies and and coming into new yeah we're definitely seeing significant patterns even when you're looking at the astrology that um it's funny kind of makes makes a little sense with everything going on and you see how personally uh 
there's certain exchanges of emotions that are allowing people to kind of view the world and reality in such a way that it's actually showing up in their lives. Like it's like the things that they fear, the things that they, and we've gone over that fear, you know, coming in from the adrenaline system and, you know, just really kind of putting you in that mode. Um, We see how, you know, we kind of talked a little bit about how those things show up even in the body and a little bit in our mentality um, and then therefore kind of mirror outside to us. So um, that's one of the things that we kind of want to get into is just about now how we've seen that whole part of it um, with the physical reality and stuff. How is it also, you know, showing up in our mentalities with our emotions um, and really uh, giving us this sense of awareness to ourselves and how we can implement that. Right. Yeah. And a big part of uh, the past few years, especially the past six months with all the eclipses we had and uh, being in Gemini and Sagittarius and uh, the North and South node, which if you don't know in astrology is basically, you know, uh, where we're spiritually shooting for uh, at the particular moment. And, you know, the South node is something that when looking at a chart is something to look away from to get out of. Uh, it's almost, it's shaped actually like an up down, upside down, um, like a horseshoe. And it can represent like the pot that's already full. And we have to now tip that over and shoot into the North side, which the opposite of Sagittarius is Gemini. But the, the main, uh, w- one of the main parts of these energies was not getting lost in the global stage, not getting lost in beliefs uh, from other people, from things all around the planet. It was all about your immediate environment. It was all about uh, what you believe or, well, more so what facts come into your life. And something like the media fits the South Node energy perfectly because it is it is this global scaled thing where they're telling you what to believe and they're telling you on this mass scale and they're sh- and, and with even some of the Neptune placements that have, that have happened, it's a lot of a lot of deception goes on in the media and the astrology has said that the astrology also has predicted the coming of a plague. Uh, so hearing all of these things, uh, I've mentioned before, this knowledge has allowed us to excel and see beyond it and transcend it. So we can, uh, focus on what we're told to be focusing on. And it really has been the truth. And the less you focus on the media and the less you focus on, uh, the global stage, the, the better you will do. The universe will, it will it will give you prizes. It will give you the paths that you need. And a key to all of this is understanding the energy body, how you're communicating with it, how the how the matrix of it works. And so we're combining here astrology with the science of quantum physics and metaphysics with spirituality. Yeah, and you mentioned you know the nodes being in Gemini and Sagittarius, and then Neptune placement. Neptune is squaring the nodes, and Neptune's going to be there for a few years. So, I mean, we see how that brings up that sense of delusion and some people may be living in a fantasy world or, you know, hung up on on t- types of emotions and those things can be altering their actual life and how they're how they're perceiving it, how they're communicating with people and the types of relationships they have. And it could be really detrimental or it could be a time of creativity and an exploration in that way, uh, but more in a calculated risk type of way. Um so, so yeah, so, I mean, we, we can relate this now down to, um, down to just 
where where we're at, where we're seeing it, where we're, you know, are we falling into those delusions? And the thing that we always talk about is these types of paradigms that we're in uh, or that we've grown into um, and then being able to release that. So with this information, you actually can be able to do that because we talked about the innate intelligence that's in the field of even our biological alchemical makeup. But now we understand the connections of our body functions to the energy points in the body. And we've also seen those as chakras. So we see the exchange and the interaction of the field and the body through genetic patterns and signatures with protein copying and even with uh, electromagnetic signals sent through the nerves uh, and in accordance to the heart and the brain. So we say if space is an illusion, uh, you know, then there is an instantaneous effect in the field and we're able to become closer to understanding how we can show up to bring specific realities into existence. But it's like we said, not all physical. There's a huge disciplinary mental aspect to it all that can work on just more than the body. It can change how we see the world or our lives or even just the lives of others. Exactly. So in this episode, I, we, we really want to hit on, uh, you know, we're talking about the science and the, and the chakras and all that, uh, you know, going through a little more science on re-mentioning the few, uh, you know, life-altering or science-altering uh, observations and experiments where they, you know, they go into the spooky science of quantum physics and how it really, if you were to use the logical mind, it wouldn't make any sense. Proves that we're in a matrix. Proves that we, you know, we we excel and 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 change the universe by observation. So there are many ways to go about it. And one of my personal favorites was, you know, the law of attraction at first. And then there was reality transurfing, which basically is my manifestation Bible. I mean, I know a lot of people stick to the law of attraction uh, or just talk manifestation, just generally speaking, but it, it is really good to have one, an understanding of the science of it, you know, coming from quantum physics. So you, your logical mind can actually accept the facts, you know, because the subconscious, uh, we've given the analogy of, it's kind of like, you know, you think like uh, a club, like a dance club, and then you have the bouncer. Uh, think of your subconscious mind as the club, and then you think of your conscious mind as the bouncer who doesn't let any beliefs in unless, you know, you've given it enough, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, credentials, I guess. Here's a 50. Exactly right. So it's like, is the bouncer going to let this in? Is it going to is it going to serve the the club? Yeah, you know. So uh, so basically, speaking of any type of uh, system of manifestation, uh, transurfing has been one of my favorite. But when you understand the science, it allows the bouncer to allow the information in. It starts to you know base and and sit in the mind for a little bit, and then when you start to accept the fact that you can manifest, then it's like, well, how am I going to use? this knowledge or how am I going to find a, a system to use? And then once you find that, it could be anything. It could still be religion. It could be prayer. Like if you believe God's giving you certain things for certain reasons, that's the way it comes up. That's the way it manifests. So it's not about, you know, the the truth of the actual system you're using. It's how much you believe in it. Yeah, uh, that's the thing. It's being able to put, you know, once understanding this, be able to put those things in motion. Um just in ways of repro- re- reprogramming the subconscious mind. Um, and it allows you to see how even your mind or your subconscious mind has been programmed by certain beliefs or thoughts or opinions and you know certain types of teachings or whatever it may be, or even just simple habits that you fell into 
that develop a belief pattern that may not even be conscious. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of psychologists and I mean, this goes from actual psychologists to metaphysical, uh, metaphysical teachers and stuff is that a lot of people claim that the subconscious mind actually is the body or the body is the subconscious mind. Yeah. So, so talking chakras and all that, having energies trapped in the body, you're having thoughts stuck in the body. You're having, you know, uh, these hormonal activities going on in their habits and their things that, you know, that, that you could look at it as, you know, you've trained your body or you've activated parts of your DNA, but you're also tuning into frequencies. You could use the metaphysics on the, you know, on, it's on the same coin. You know, you flip that, you can go scientifically and say, oh, well, you know, the person has trauma or they have this or that. Uh, but you can also look at it as energy trapped in the body. And if the body is the subconscious mind, well, by working on the body, you're working on the subconscious and you're actually affecting the mind and then you're affecting your reality. Yeah. And we can even see this with people that just feel that they're constantly down on their luck. They're an unlucky person or they're just not deserving of happiness. Like one thing I really think is that we're deserving of all things that happen. We're deserving of all things that occur in life um, that enter our, our own personal experience. And that is because whatever happens, um, it's not necessarily meant to be looked at as good or bad. There's either way it can get you to that greater thing, whether it's bad or whether it's good. However, you know, however you perceive it. So yeah, I definitely, um, I definitely think that going into all this and even some of these techniques and modalities will really be able to, uh, help bring people into an awareness or understanding of even their own thoughts and emotions, opinions, and, and be able to, you know, look more into it and look more into being able to, um, how to get themselves in this, in this way of being. Yeah. To, to remember that things can, things that seem detrimental or, uh, more of a negative aspect of your life could be, or is, I'm going to say, I believe is, teaching you something and it's not about it being good or bad because I've said this before that we usually range thing on how good or bad something is about how we feel about it so if I say something's good well I have good feelings about it and if something's bad I do you know I tend to feel like shit about it so and that's how we range things so we're going off a of pleasure and pain but uh, you could relate this to say something like the gym you know you go into the gym and you feel a lot of pain because you worked your body out but something good comes from it. You yeah. know, you train your body and you get stronger and stuff like that. So pain can be the greatest teacher of all. Yeah. That's kind of like as if say you meet somebody and you get into, um, you know, you get into like, you start getting into a relationship, like a relationship with them and most other people, you know, some other people can see it as like something that's not good or, you know, Hey, like, you know, however way it may be developed or something, it's just like, Oh, people are saying like, no against it now. Just because they're saying it's a bad thing and you shouldn't go for it and do it and stuff, is it necessarily mean that it is a bad thing? You know, do they really understand your connection to that other person or that situation? So it's like you got to look at it that from that standpoint. It's it's where's this idea that it's bad coming from? What what's leading you to believe that you know this is something that's not in a line with what needs to occur in your life? Yeah, you know, because if you neutralize something. And you take the polarity of negative or positive out of it, it gives you the ability to see it as it is. Yeah. And it's not, uh, you know, covered in emotion and it's not, you know, diluted. And if if you could do that, you give yourself the ability to see it clearly, it clearly and then you could make better decisions. So 
you know, manifestation, people just see it as I can get shiny things and I could think of it and the universe will give it to me. Well, no, in a sense too, you really should, I shouldn't say should, but I'll say should, use it to spiritually cleanse yourself because if you're manifesting things, well, you have to do the shadow work. You have to do the spiritual work before you can get the nice things that you even want. You know, people will go in and think of shiny objects and bringing things to themselves because the universe and all that. But more so, they like to skip over, like us humans do, skip over the pain and the, and the so-called negativity uh, by by trying not to, to to deal with their shadow self, by, by not getting rid of the things they're attracting already. And of course, you know, where attention goes, energy flows. So... Yeah, you don't want to think about the bad things, but if you have some bad people in the club before you can make space for the good people that are going to benefit and bring more more fun to the party, you have to get rid of the bad people, you know, quote unquote bad people yeah. uh, and those bad ideas. So it's it's a matter of clearing your energy up and clearing the body and all that before you can go and manifest the, the world of your dreams and stuff. And on, once again, understanding a system and a per, and a way of seeing it will help you and aid you in to to the next step and you but you have to do things in in the correct order. Yeah. So let's go into those energy steps then. Let's uh let's let's make our way into seeing how um how we actually put together these techniques in that effective way. We know reality can be looked at in two ways. Material existence this is the normal way is that material existence in the physical world defines consciousness and our perspectives. You know, we observe through the five senses and define our world through what we taste, what we hear, see, touch, and smell, just the senses. Uh, you know, even things like scientific experiments and, and simple everyday observation. That's one way of looking at reality. The second way is what we've kind of been getting at here is consciousness defines physical reality. So the concept that through the observation and the observer, the eye set on physical reality uh, comes with different definitions and experiences. And the observer effect proves that through us looking at the universe, manifests it into physical. So before we even start experiencing life, the fact is we have to, we, we come to the realization that without our observation, there is no universe. We collapse the waveform, the inf- infinite vibration with our minds, we collapse it into the particle. And so therefore, thoughts not only provide the motivation for human action, they also have a direct influence on our reality. Um, you know, thought energy, it transforms possible alternatives into physical reality, meaning our thought energy goes out. It gets, tr- it gets transmitted through the heart. We know that it, we communicate with the field. Uh and this statement's correct because reality can be manifested in any form defined by the consciousness observing. If I want to see the particle, I see the particle. If I want to see the wave, I see the wave. It will show up as I expect it. Um, and evidence of this hypothesis can be found not only in everyday life, as we've seen, but also in the experiments of quantum physics. And I have a, I have a good one today because uh, in the past episodes, I did talk about the observer effect already, how we do collapse the, the waveform in a particle, but the... DNA phantom effect is the golden egg. The three experiments. One is the double slit. And in this section, I'm going to read from an article. It's from Science Magazine, and it elaborates on the outcome of the double slit. And it says, Physicists have long known that a quantum of light or photon 
will behave like a particle or a wave, depending on how they measure it. Now, by bouncing photons off satellites, a team has confirmed that an observer can make that decision even after a photon has made its way almost completely through the experiment, seemingly well past the point at which it would become either a wave or a particle. So it was never really defined. Mm -hmm. It showed up as a wave. It showed up as a particle. And what they proved with it is the observer had the effect. Yeah. We were the reason why it showed up. Mm -hmm. So without us setting eyes upon something, it does not exist. It is infinite waveform. The second, and you had mentioned this in the last episode, quantum entanglement. Mm -hmm. Quantum entanglement has proven time and time uh, again, over the years, when researchers create two entangled particles and independently measure their properties, they find that the outcome of one measurement influences the observed properties of the other particle, even though the individual objects may be spatially separated. So in English, I have a particle, I entangle them, and then I send this particle over to California and I'm here in New Jersey. And whatever I do to the particle in New Jersey happens to the particle in California instantly Mm -hmm. yeah there's no space it's like there's no space in between them so proving that space is nothing but an illusion so two things right there saying we bring the reality into existence and that there technically space is nothing but an illusion it's not there so in the spiritual realm of things it doesn't work by the same laws it's completely different we affect that so, and we have this, this body, we have this ability, this, the brain and the mind and the heart is a tool to affect that field. So my favorite right here, I found, I, I know I learned about this years ago and I, I, when I ran into it, it was like one of those things where I heard it Yeah. and I, I guess I was just ignorant. I was like, oh, you know, that's cool. I get it. Mm-hmm. And then I, it comes like, I was like, this is it. This is, this is what people need to hear. This is how we affect the world mostly yeah sometimes you got to hear something a few times too it's weird let it settle it's weird that i let this pass through yeah so the dna phantom effect it tells us about our world which is perhaps best summarized in the words of vladimir paponin he was a russian quantum biologist um in the introduction to his report he says we believe this discovery is tremendous significance for the explanation and deeper understandings of the mechanisms underlying subtle energy phenomena, including many of the observed alternative healing phenomena. Paponin and his colleague designed their pioneering uh, experiment to test the behavior of DNA on light particles, the quantum stuff that our world is made of. They first removed all the air from a specially designed tube, creating what's thought of as a vacuum. Traditionally, the term vacuum implies that the container they're using is completely empty, uh, and even the air is taken out of it. Uh, the scientists knew that something remained inside. It was photons. Using precisely engineered equipment, they could detect the particles. The scientists measured their location with the tube. They wanted to see if the particles of light were scattered everywhere, clinging to the side of the glass, or perhaps clustered in a pile at the bottom of the container. What they first came, uh, what they found first came as no surprise. The photons were distributed in a way that was completely unordered. In other words, the particles were everywhere inside the container, which is precisely what Paponin and his team expected. This is the fun part. In the next part of the experiment, samples of human DNA were placed inside the closed tube with the photon. So now DNA in the vacuum with the photons. In the presence of the DNA, the particles of light did something that no one anticipated. Rather than the scattered pattern that the team had seen before, the particles arranged themselves differently in the presence of the living material. 
the DNA was clearly having a direct influence on the photons, as if shaping them into regular patterns through an invisible force. This is important, since there's absolutely nothing in the tenets of conventional physics at that particular point that would allow for that effect. Now we obviously know about it. Uh, So yet in this controlled environment, DNA, the substance that composes us, was observed and documented to have a direct effect on the quantum stuff that our world is made of. Mm -hmm. The next surprise came when the DNA was removed from the container. There was every reason for the scientists involved to believe that the particles of light would return to their original scattered state uh, through the tube. But instead, the scientists uh, witnessed a very different occurrence. The The photons remained ordered just as if the DNA was still in the tube. In his own words, Papone described the light as behaving surprisingly and counterintuitively. After checking the instruments and the results, Papone and his colleagues were faced with the task of finding an explanation for what they just observed. With the DNA removed from the tube, uh, what was affecting the particles of light? Did the DNA leave something behind, a residual force that Mm. lingered after the physical material was removed? Or was even more mysterious phenomena at work? Well... The, the DNA and the light particles still connected in some way and on some level uh, that we just don't recognize. And even though they were physically separated and no longer in the same tube. So here's the summary of why this is so important. This is important for a number of reasons, really. Perhaps the most obvious is that it clearly shows us a direct relationship between the DNA and the energy that, is, that our world is made of. Of the many conclusions that we may draw from this powerful demonstration, two are certain. A type of energy exists that has previously gone unrecognized. And two, cells and DNA influence matter through this form of energy. The intelligence in DNA leaves a footprint in light particles. Well, and photons. And what's... Photon particles. Are quantum particles. Everything that we observe is through light. So therefore, that innate intelligence that we speak about that's within our DNA connects with that to be able to create that molding like we said that the environment molds around matter so wild Mm -hmm. there's no reason not to not to understand and believe yeah the dna basically changed the behavior of the light particles and that's the essence of our world yeah we've we've been told this for years Mm -hmm. there's nothing but truth in our spiritual texts and ancient knowledge and this is what drove us into this is man once you knock over one domino it's like everything just starts to come together, you know, and I, I've said it. I started at just a simple, the law of attraction mm-hmm. and for the reasons probably that many started, you know, oh, I could get whatever I want. Mm-hmm. Completely ego driven. Yeah. Completely like I, I could get the women and the money and the whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, just through my thoughts. Oh, and I did believe it at first because I'm an experiential person. I'm a skeptic at heart. Yeah. But I, I don't take thing at take things at face value and the law of attraction was hard for me to accept at first but what i did is i used previous experiences Mm -hmm. i used how was i feeling and how was i thinking at that particular point in time and what were my results and i'd reflect and i'd sit there and sitting through many years of like depression and like the ability to have the time to reflect and wanting to because life was so miserable i was looking for that like please get me out of this and that was and like I said, at first was ego driven, but that little ego driven thing that I just followed what my mind wanted me to like, I shouldn't say I followed my heart, but I was like, I had nowhere else to turn. 
And that philosophy led me down a whole road. It got you to look at how you have tested the laws in your life. Yeah. It's gotten to look at how you've interacted with that field. Yep. You know, cause, but it's that awareness that brought you to that. Yeah. Yeah. So the experiment validated uh, that we have a direct effect on the world around us. You know, there's something out there and he calls it the matrix uh, of an energy that connects any one thing with everything else in the universe. And this connective field accounts for the unexpected results of the experiments. Uh, so the DNA in our bodies gives us access to the energy that connects our universe and our emotion is the key to tapping into the field. And then, and then that's, I mean, if this isn't mind blowing to you, I mean, it, it sometimes can seem like, oh, well, yeah, that makes sense. But when you grasp the reality of it, and that's where coming in on that spiritual level, but obviously you don't have to go crazy. Like, like we said, we're not woo woo, but no, when you look at it, you see that there is a woo woo. There is something still, no matter what, that you can't deny that is always going to be mysterious. Let's just break it. Let's get real. Can we get real for a second? Let's get fucking real. real. (laughs) The fact that we're sitting here in this meat suit. (laughs) Like, I think people. (laughs) But the fact that we're here on a floating ball Mm -hmm. made of water and whatever else, but mostly water. And we're floating in the middle of this nothingness. Mm-hmm. Like, I think people really lose touch on how fucking weird life is to yeah, begin with. Exactly. It's like, are we spiraling up to something or are we spiraling down into something? That's the paradox, though. It's literally. How did we get both. here? Where were you before this? Where are you going after? And I know those are set like, obviously, we really have all thought of those things. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to learning information like this. Why are you surprised? Yeah, not surprised, but you gain that conscious awareness where you could see where you have that conscious awareness in life and you can stop yourself from making those continuous signaled patterns to your genetics to be like, oh, react this way. Oh, the environment's this way. And therefore, that awareness is what's going to bring you to being able to have it happen now out of habit. And then you're just flowing in the energy of life and you're literally surfing the waves. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it is your destiny. You get to choose. Like I, I hate just reading off the facts and I really do want to say like, it's why I do this mostly is because I believe that we are one, yes, all connected, but two, you have the control and we make things so much harder than what it has to be. You literally, if you just learn these spiritual aspects of yourself, you can have the greatest life ever. And I'm not trying to sell you anything, but like, if you don't, do anything with it. I, yeah. It's not going to really change my life. And I, this stuff has changed my life. Exactly. Coming from a place of not just uh, of technical terms and, and this higher understanding and stuff that it's also coming from the fact of, um, you know, we, this, these things have been applied by us as well. And we also do want to give you like actual real testimony of seeing these things in action, seeing these, these, these ways of, of just functioning and just being have opened portals for even ourselves, for people we've encountered, you know, that's, and that's, I think the story and the message of it is what allows people to break down that paradigm to be able to allow it in, you know? Yeah. Like how interesting is it that you can, you can literally have whatever you want, but where the universe is smart is deep down in your core, you're, you're already something. And 
society has, I, I think of it like a, like an onion. Like you're, you, you got to peel all the layers that society put on you. And if you do that, if we do the work, if we stop dedicating ourselves to other people and following clubs and parties and stuff like that, and we go within, once again, sounds woo-woo, but no, it's not. It's going within to understand who you are at the core. So eliminate all belief systems that were planted. Eliminate all the ideas and things that you were told to think and told to like. And uh, it's why my, I have a big thing with culture, and I can't stand when everyone starts saying the same words. Mm-hmm. They're, the new norm. They, they embody the, the, the words and the things said within the culture yeah. because there's a some sort of accepted energy around it. Yeah. There's a force to these words too, you know, and it does create a, a culture on its own. It cultivates. Why, why do you think that it goes so passed over all the time or that people understand the concept, but what keeps them while knowing this, what keeps them from actually engaging with it? What, where's the fear come from? Like, it's just them, you know, thinking in their beliefs and being like, Oh, well that's not going to work. Or is it there a fear? I think it can come from multiple areas, mm-hmm. you know, uh, more of, I heard someone say recently, I don't know if I could take that stuff in. It would, it would destroy everything I know. And I don't, I don't know how I'd handle it. Worried about that security. Well, that's where I'm getting at, right? She had the fear of everything, the walls being broken down and maybe not liking mm-hmm. what was on the other side. Yeah. So those walls had a, had this protection layer where it's like she was running away from herself or you get to see what's really really deep down inside and like you were saying like peeling back the onion layers and stuff it's it's a choice it's a choice are you going to keep peeling back the layers to get to the core or are you going to choose to be one of those layers that just peels away and falls off right so and if you don't do that then you're going to be living a lie and if you're living a lie it's going to mirror back to you Mm -hmm. it's always a mirror and I emphasize that because I see it in a lot of people that I'm close with mm-hmm. where their blockages, their patterns, their habits, I see them as an easy realization and people simply run away. And the thing is, is happiness is right on the other side because I, I know what I feel like a lot of people think they're not lucky enough huh. or like or deserving yeah, like because they don't deserve it and maybe they don't think of it as I don't deserve it, but they just don't think it could happen to them. Yeah, I think that also has to deal with traumas in the past of realizing that, you know, us feeling that shame, that guilt of making certain mistakes. But then, and there is a glimmer of light in that because you see that you're coming, you know, there is a compassion deep within that way of being because you, in that you're having the compassion to be like, oh my God, like I fucked up so much that I hurt so many people. I don't want to hurt anybody anymore. Let me just sit back here. Right. You know, you know, these, these things we mentioned are tools that if you don't know how to say, peel the onion back, these are the things to do it, you know, uh, to meditate, right? To meditate is to suspend all belief. So you can allow your mind to, as it clears up, you have the ability to see things as they are. And this is, um, you know, we said this earlier, it was in there, but this is it, just because you achieve that state in a moment does not mean that you are going to stay there. Does not mean that you're in the clear to just staying in that constant flow of life. This comes something that needs dedication, it needs discipline, and it needs respect as well. Um, because 
you're also retraining your body. You're retraining your genetics to be able to have a genetic expression in the form of one that matches your, 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 uh, your intuition of, of, of going into the field and that timeline and that experience that you're desiring to experience. So, you know, if you just think that you're just going to do it one time and only that, whatever, and stay in it, you're, you're mistaken because you'll easily flow back into those other frequencies, the lower ones, the ones you've been experiencing, you know, it train, you know, it takes a while to develop those proteins as well in the body to be able to change the genetics in a way that it's when they're signaling off and they're coming to the top and it's pulling from the top of that genome, you know, that's, that's where you have to, you know, make sure that that top layer of that genome is the one of this new expression that you want to express. Yeah. Yeah. And since frequency is, it's, it's the language. Mm -hmm. So we use these terms and we use these words and a lot of new agers and a lot of spiritual people have hijacked the terminology and a lot of people just know the language. But when we say lower vibration, higher vibration, it's a way to communicate the fact of your state of energy and that's creating your life. It's constantly creating your life. So to understand what your vibration is, to understand what your state of being is, you know, where you're at, like if you're miserable and you're unhappy, it possibly could fix everything regardless of, it's like beliefs get in the way. Well, I believe I'm a Christian. So, well, if I meditate, that's the devil. I give, I open the door to the devil. And a lot of Christians believe that. Uh, And not that it's a bad, like if something serves you, you do it, but a lot of people take their belief systems and hide behind them. Mm-hmm. It's like I was saying with, yeah. with the one girl. She was like, oh, you know, I don't, but I have my beliefs picked out and I'm hap- happily miserable. Yeah. You get to choose. You get to choose. And that's, that's the thing. There's a choice no matter what. And anybody who thinks that they're going to, oh, well, I'm just not going to choose. There's always a choice being made. And it could come unconsciously too, that there's always a choice being made. There's always a cause and effect, like we've said in the field. So there is a choice. And which brings me to like the next part of, you know, us talking about these systems of manifestation, you know, in another way is um, the attraction of people, people attracting each other, you know, and uh, one of the ones that I want to get into about uh, one of these systems is one that's been big by Greg Braden um, and his, his interpretation of uh, the seven Essene mirrors, which they comes from an ancient culture. Uh, the Essenes were actually uh, healers known like 500 years before the time of Jesus, but it's the concept that they had. Um, so we consciously choose where we direct our energy, right? So we can choose to not be defined by the emotion or effects of our past Have you ever heard the term, the people in our lives are mirror reflections of us? Well, we've kind of explained that a little bit before. I've heard this term frequently, and I even use it in my own life to try and acquire a deeper understanding of my experience here in this lifetime. So um, these are seen. They understood physical and emotional and psychological healing. They understood this as seven mirrors of a relationship that they'll encounter in their lifetimes. Um, so going off that, there's the first and second is seen mirrors of relationships. And the first is about, it shows your presence in the moment, what we reflect on by others in the moment. So like, what are we radiating in this moment? Well, 
it's important to see your environment as the mirror because what you're radiating is exactly what's showing up and people are the most obvious. Mm-hmm. Like if you're getting the same relationship, for example, like a lot of people have mostly parental, I think is always the that's most dominant where people stem from family or parental mm-hmm. uh, trauma, yeah. how they were treated. And say, uh, I'll use myself as an example. I won't say which or what, but I had a person that didn't really respect my opinion uh, very close to me and never really took me serious. And for a very long time, the fact that that stuck with me, my mirror was that I attracted people just like that person. And people think that's by chance or that you're psychologically scanning for it. It's like, well, no, that's also the universe giving you the cue. Yeah. Saying, this is where you're at with that. You're giving off this essence. Yeah. So therefore you're tapping into anything that is attracted to that field. Exactly. So you're getting people that match your field. And this could go good or bad. There's polarity. Yeah. Like you could get the, if you have good aspects, those are your friends. Those are the people that you just can laugh with and have a good time with. And it's natural to be with them. You, that's all who you want to hang out with because they're, they're matching you on a similar frequency. And what's ironic is you're going to get people also that are opposite because opposites also attract. And if let's say you have, we'll go back to the chakras real quick. You got, you got blocked chakras. You got certain aspects in your, in your energy body. You're going to have people that have what you don't. Yeah. And you're going to also attract that because the universe is showing you what you are and what you are not. And that actually has similar qualities, but more subtle to the second mirror which it's in those maybe interactions with those people that now are attracted. Um, it mirrors to us that which we, we judge in the moment. So it's what we're judging, what we're perceiving of now these new relations that are reflected to us that are coming into our life because of whatever energy we're putting out as well. Yeah. And that's, so. that's simple because if you're focused on something, you're thinking about it, you're feeling about it, hormones and things you know activate in the dna there's the signal yeah because you are putting energy into that where energy goes or well where attention goes energy flows yeah so so when we find that many people show us the same pattern of anger or fear uh they may be showing us an internal truth about ourselves in the moment so for like example multiple new relationships appear within the same month um when that happens pay attention because there's something valuable to learn within the network of those relationships. Look at the people you hold most dear in your life. Uh, You then look at the qualities that really push your buttons the most. Then you ask yourself, are they showing you what you are in the moment? And if you can honestly answer with a no, then ask yourself, are they showing you what you judge in the moment? So it's not just about just the presence of it. It's about now the perception as well that affect these mirrors. Um, but then when understanding the inner technology of emotion, you get to the third and the fourth scene mirrors. Uh, the third scene mirror um, is also the mystery mirror of relationship. Um, the mirror that we sense every time we find ourselves in the presence of a person who, when we look in their eyes, you feel an electric charge. You just feel that ultimate bond soulmate. The cockles start to vibrate. Yeah. So through the course of our lives, we give away and we lose parts of ourselves. When we come to find ourselves in the presence of another individual who embodies what we have lost, it's like we feel this magnetic 
connection to that person and we're like drawn to them it feels like yeah relates back to actually what i said about the first but yes that is the Mm -hmm. it's the third right yeah they all play with each other so it's all about filling in that energy you don't have exactly you're refilling up your cup yeah so then you ask yourself what is it that i see in this person that i may have lost or given away or that was taken from me at some point in my life you know because we will seek to reinforce that which we have lost given away or had or had taken away. So, you know, you, you see maybe what you've gone through where you've given too much of something or somebody has taken, you feel like somebody's took something, taken something away from you um, or, or that you just, you know, gave it away, you know, and that shows up with some of the people we end up attracting in our life that we may necessarily be so drawn to. And if you are drawn to that, cause you see it within that other person, it builds an expectation that they're supposed to fill your cup. And if you're not getting it from that person, because that person is not in, you know, those mirrors of their relationship and have that awareness, then you can be sitting there trying to fill your cup up with air. (laughs) Yeah. And it's doing nothing. And then, you know, that relationship does not, you know, cultivate into something greater. Yeah. You know, it could be the right person. Wrong time, though. By well, by understanding the mirror. You're under, you're knowing what to look for. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of us were never even, ta- that's my, my point. We, we weren't taught about this spiritual side. We were taught superficial things to look for in a relationship. Using the five senses. <laughs> Does it smell good? Does it look good? Does it taste good? Does it, you know, mm-hmm. all, all of that is what we're built off of. But yet there's this underlying aspect to reality of, well, does it spiritually feel mm-hmm. good? Does it, you know, what, what is this saying to me? Yeah. We don't do that. A lot of a lot of us. Yeah, it's it's it, it's being able to sit there with yourself and move past your ego and and reflect and like we said before to do that, do that nitty gritty inventory, so that self inventory of yourself. And if you don't, you're going to keep getting the same yeah, thing. Exactly. You know, you want to really clean out the pipes because then it makes room for new and it gets rid of all that old stale crap. And by doing that, you're going to be happier and you're going to enjoy life. And I mean, I was at a point one time where I was so like, uh, I guess stale would be the right word for it, but I just had no passion, no nothing. Mm -hmm. And guess what? At that time, I wasn't really hanging out with anybody. I wasn't doing music. I wasn't, and my whole world reflected the deadness inside of me, Mm -hmm. you know? And I wasn't asking myself the question. I didn't clean out the past. I didn't clean out all the crap. Yeah. And so all of it was just sitting stale in me and I got a result of a, a very boring and dull reality for a long time because I wasn't cleaning the, you know, frequencies that were embodied in me, all the trauma and all the, all the hurt and all that I, I stuck with it. And a lot of people, you know, they turn to, to alcohol or they turn to drugs or they turn to video games, they turn to jerking off and there you go. Now we have a spiritual imbalance. Here comes the physical imbalance. Yeah. There's a lot of mental mental health issues that are going untreated that are just freely roaming this this earth and 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 creating this reality as well and i think there needs to be a bigger awareness about it you know i i definitely can understand where i've even had in that third esteem mirror um when it came to relationship is having that magnetic connection connection to someone which i'm sure a lot of people have experienced but i also in the same sense felt like it filled like a kid side of me and it feels like we both were filling each other's cup in that. So it was like it was working, but that could also fulfill its purpose. If you move on and you grow and, you, you know, you're you're attracting from other mirrors and more of an evolved state, 
that that connection could also fade off too because i've experienced even though you know we went through the healing process and it feels like somebody was in your life to help you heal something and you can only hope in return that you helped heal something of theirs as well um but there's there could still be an outgrowing factor and that comes to like the understanding and the adaptation of that as well so i mean moving to the fourth the scene mirror um you know this is you know this is one this one has a bit of a different quality uh, through the courses of our lives often we'll adopt certain patterns of behavior that become so important to us that we will rearrange the rest of our lives to accommodate this pattern or behavior. You may feel it's one that's good for you or it could be one that you don't realize is toxic. Uh, but when we find ourselves in this situation, we find that these patterns may be compulsive or addictive patterns of behavior. So with the fourth mirror, it allows us to see ourselves in the presence of addiction or compulsion. I also could speak to that with my own baggage of, uh, you know, playing into that. So through addiction and compulsion, we give away little by little the things that are most important to us. And in this giving away, we have the opportunity to see ourselves as we lose the things we hold most dear. I think I probably relate to this one, you know, the most. Yeah. I gave away music and friends and all this, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, it, uh, but the most common uh, the most common addictions that come to our mind are usually like alcohol, nicotine, drugs, uh, issues of control, addiction to sex, masturbating, you know, the need for money to create money, abundance, et cetera, all that. Yeah, filling the void with physical things. Exactly. So the patterns unfold gradually over time. We give away what is most important to us over time, and uh, we may be able to recognize the pattern at any time and find our wholeness in healing um, what that is. So rather than the opposite of taking the addiction to its extreme, instead we take it to the point of being like, oh, okay, it's this awareness. I see where I'm being compulsive. You know, here's how I change my overall pattern and routine to keep myself out of that. And it falls into a pattern thing. Mm. Which if you really want, you could connect to the astrology. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, astrology, you could think of as triggers. Yeah. You know, you're going to have the the quantum field has a certain frequency from the certain archetypes of signs. And these things have effects and bring certain things into existence. And this goes on the individual level and goes on the global level. Yeah. You know, we just spent three years with Saturn Capricorn and you know, that's uh, the, well with Pluto at coming in and conjuncting, meaning being in the same sign at the same spot, yeah. Pluto destroys things. So Saturn in Capricorn breaking down the structure, which is Saturn and breaking down would be Pluto yeah, Capricorn, the government. And that's that's the wild truth of it. And uh, I like when, you know, when it comes to this, what Greg Brayden says, um, he, he says the best science now tells us that every organ in our body has the ability to heal itself. Every organ, even the organs we were told could not like the brain tissue, spinal cord tissue, heart tissue, pancreatic tissue, all now are documented with the ability to heal themselves if they are given the right environment and that environment is directly connected to thoughts, feelings, and emotions and how we feel about this world. So there's just another person confirming that as well. Now, this brings me to the fifth Essene mirror, uh, which this one is perhaps the single most powerful pattern. Through this mirror, we can see more and understand to a greater level why we've lived the lives we live in it is the mirror that our parents showed us through the course of our childhood lives with them. Through this mirror, we are asked to allow for the possibility 
to entertain the possibility that perhaps the actions of our parents toward us are mirroring our beliefs and expectations of what may be the most sacred relationship we'll ever know in our lifetime. The relationship between us and our heavenly mother and father, so to say. It is through this relationship with our earthly parents that our parents are showing us ourselves in that expectation and belief of that divine relationship. For example, if we find ourselves in a relationship with our parents where we feel judged uh, constantly or that we feel our best is never good enough, there is high probability that what is being mirrored is our belief within ourselves that we may not be good enough or that we may not have accomplished that which may have been expected of us. It's a very powerful yet subtle mirror through our perception of ourselves um, and our creator. It may tell us more about why we've lived our lives as we have um, rather than any other. If you feel something inside you is welling up that says no way, you've likely encountered something that could could be really powerful. The only way you'll have a response is when you're being shown something that is so deep you may have chosen to avert looking at it in the past. Um, you know, there's a whole Greg Braden video where he really goes into this and gives the deep examples of it. Um, so maybe we'll link that in the show notes as well. So you have the ability to look at that, but, um, there's a good possibility that the words, uh, you use to describe your parents have very little to do with those you call mom and dad. Um, with those words, what you are describing is a mirror. This is the mirror your parents have held you, uh, held to you. Uh, of the most sacred relationship you'll you'll experience. The way you see your mother and father of this world is a mirror of your expectations of the relationship you have with your heavenly mother and father, your spiritual, you know, that spiritual patriarchal energy. Um, there are many ways to look at this. Could it be possible that inviting you to this world lives as an unspoken responsibility that those who raised us are surrogates? They are the closest thing we know in our heavenly creator. Um, is it that they have impeccably held to you the way you see your relationship with your heavenly parents? When you perceive your parents' anger, oftentimes when you were like little, you felt what your creator felt. This mirror may show you your beliefs, your expectations of what your creator feels for and about you. So a great question to ask yourselves is, what would I say to my parents if I only had one minute left? What would I like to hear from my parents in the last minute of my life? Through our earth life, we have the opportunity to heal our relationships with both our earthly parents and our heavenly parents by recognizing what the mirror is trying to show us so as to release it. And and then it's it's that paradigm. And the, the reason why it's described in that way is because of the fact that, you know, our parents, their opinion and their love was the first love that we really get in this earth. Um, and there are creators in, in, on the physical form. So of course you look at them as almost like this godlike uh, system. Right. I, I, I worshiped my dad when mm-hmm. I was younger and it, you know, led me to be the musician I am and having a sense of humor, uh, you know, it's, and you see those good things when you're a kid, like they're superheroes, mm-hmm. right? They are the gods you worship. But when you get older, I think more what this mirror kind of really is pushing towards is what things did you accumulate from them though that reflect the shadow part of you or the mm. the parts that hurt you. You know, it doesn't have to be that, but it basically is. Like if you you they were your gods and they aren't perfect cuz they're humans. Yeah. 
So you're, you, if you're following some sort of obedience to them and you can be mirroring this, this toxic trait that they could possibly have, or you could be even interpreting in a way that you're acting it out in more of a toxic manner. Emotion would be stuck, gets caught in the body and the chakras, anything like that. And then boom, there keeps reflecting back through your relationships through with other people Mm -hmm. and circumstances as your life goes on, which is why it's important to do the work. Yeah. And that brings, uh, that brings back to what our beliefs are of spirituality then too. Because both the positive and the negative act attributes of our earthly parents mirror to us how we perceive our, like I said, heavenly parents or God, you know, how do we see? Because if we look at, if we're looking at God, you know, if you're an individual and you're looking at God as like this patriarchal figure, um, you know, this is where that mirror kind of comes in too. And that can make you have a certain perception of source, God, higher power, whatever you want to call it because of your interaction and your relationship with your parents what your environment taught you. Yes. And so, and through that, there could be many different entries to this where, you know, even looking at God, say, like say being an atheist, some people might not believe in God. And if they believe him to be the patriarchal God, the the father, Mm -hmm. the Lord, well, what if their father was absent? So they don't believe in God because they didn't believe in their dad playing the patriarchal role. That's just, um, there you go. That's a great example. Um, And then, you know, this leads to us having these moments in our growth where things do get dark. And this leads to the next mirror, which is the sixth. And I love this one because I know both me and Ray can speak highly, uh, not highly, but we could speak on this one of experience. Mine was really long. Yes. So the ominous name is the dark night of the soul, which I know we've mentioned before in, in some of our episodes. But we are constantly reminded that life and nature have a propensity toward balance. It takes an extremely skillful and masterful being to upset the balance in nature and in our lives. So when we find ourselves in the greatest challenges of life, it is in these moments that we have amazed each tool that will allow us to move through the challenge with grace and with ease. Until those tools are amazed, we will never see ourselves in the situation that asks us to demonstrate these high levels of mastery. From this perspective, the greatest challenges of life may be viewed as tremendous opportunities to demonstrate this mastery rather than tests that may be passed or failed in life. It is through this mirror that we see ourselves naked without the emotions, feelings, thoughts, and constructs around us that we have constructed to keep us safe. We have the opportunity to see ourselves in a completely transparent way and to prove to ourselves that the process of life may be trusted. This mirror is an opportunity to lose everything we've held dear in life and see ourselves truly naked as we came. As we climb out of the abyss that is left after the loss of everything we held dear and we see ourselves in a new way, this is where we find ourselves at our highest levels of mastery, that higher self. And that's defeating the lower. Yes. And it has to do with light and dark, you know, and we know that from ancient perspectives, uh, possibility that the forces at play in our polarized world have chosen to come here to anchor. The only way to anchor is for a force or field to hold the mirrors for us. Uh, Pre 12th century text show benign beings, Gabriel and Lucifer volunteering to anchor light and dark respectively. You know, we've it's 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 written in the religions as well. 
you know, to perception, which always, and it comes back to the good or evil. You know, our depiction though of good and evil is just based off of our experience as well. When yet it's polarity, it's not really yes. like good and bad don't exist. It's yin and yang. Light and dark, good and bad is only an agreement mm-hmm. or a perspective of something when yet something bad can turn out to be something really good yeah. and then something really good turns out to be awful. Yeah, it's generation and destruction because you can generate something and it seems like, oh, well, it's creative, it's good, but you could generate something really shitty and bad. Like a marriage. Mm-hmm. And it can, can be end the, something. It's like you found the love of your life, mm-hmm. you're going to stay with them forever. I, I love this person. And you, you're at the top, you know, you're like, this started out great. It's got to end great. And then it ends in divorce, child support, hating each other, having this kid who's half you and half person you used to love. Yeah. And that's, that's the sad reality of it. And then the other half of it is the, the other polarity is destruction. Now we could see destruction as bad, chaotic, all that, but you could also see the destruction as like, oh, when a bad relationship that was abusive ends and the person's able to finally move on. That's a good destruction. So there's no such real label of good and bad with when it comes to energy. It's going on right now with the uh, with society. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, our relationship to structure, um, to our masters, uh, you know, to the way everything's run in the system. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems to be destroying itself. And this could lead us, yes, down a dark path. But when we come out the other side, We'd have a renewed society and way of living and maybe a more holistic way of, you know, making sure everyone's okay and there's no poverty. But the only way we would get to that point is if we destroyed the system that's at hand. So Mm -hmm. to go through that bad thing potentially leads us to a great place. Mm -hmm. You know, if let's say we stayed the way we were and the inflation just it was climbing and but we weren't changing the system and we were just going to let it run into the ground and there was no pandemic or there was no you know uh issues with the government and election fraud and all that uh you know if that kept riding out oh you know what everything's good though you know everything's good i'm still making money i'm working at my job a corporate yeah. job you don't know you could end up miserable at the same place for 40 50 years you know hate in life and be completely unhappy at the end because nothing changed and nothing you allowed nothing to die or destroy because that's a part of life always is allowing the the darkness to shine the light on the darkness. And of course, no one really always likes the darkness, but if you don't shine the light on it and you know, it's not there, well, that could turn into a tumor. Exactly. Right. That like, could manifest uh, like in that uh, way. metaphorically speaking, if I don't want to go to the doctor and get a checkup, cause I don't want to shine the light on the darkness. I don't, I don't need to see it. Mm-hmm. It's all right. Ignorance is bliss. And that leads you to, you know, or another example, drug addicts. Mm-hmm. I'll just do another bag. Yeah. I'll be fine. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to deal with my addiction yet. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah. Looking at the dark side of what your body's telling you that you're not uh, well, going to make it this time. All of a sudden it's uh now you're in a body bag. Yeah, exactly. And uh, that that's the, the, you know, importance of figuring out also these healing modalities like, for example, for some of these things and the mirrors as well, like to find these healing modalities. And uh, there's one that I want to note, which is a, a it's a dream, a dream fire ceremony. I found it kind of interesting. So you gaze into a flame at the space between the flame and the rest of the flame. It allows us to relax and move into an altered state of awareness, often without knowing it. Your body mirrors your belief. Illness is only possible if you believe that the forces of light and dark are separate. 
if we know that dark and light both originate in our creator, we will not fear. So as you heal each memory, a single memory, you heal these three universal fears. So you're doing this ceremony while you're uh, bringing up a memory and being able to go through it. Um, but you heal them, these three universal fears. Fear of not being good enough. The fear of trusting and surrendering. And then the fear of abandonment and separation. And the science of compassion is an even greater possibility. So that's just one of many ways to be able to go in and do that kind of self-inventory to look at these dark places that you have um, within yourself, you know, and, and, and not seeing it in a, in a, in a, in a space that's defining you in the present moment. You know, that's something that you've experienced and encountered, but that was in the past, so to say, but it also is part of the present. So you get to actively choose if you're going to continue that same energetic feeling pattern that's associated with that in your present thinking. Yeah. yeah. And it's funny, you know, you really think about it like spirituality and learning about this, uh, co- these concepts and the energy body and all that. Like if we didn't have this language, we wouldn't know it's there. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we didn't have these ancient teachings and texts, like we should be very grateful that these systems of thought are there because it brings awareness you know, you could call things whatever you'd like. You know, if if it's pseudoscience to you and you just want to call it psychological, well, like Gio had said when he first started learning astrology, you know, regardless if he be, if he believed in what the planets were doing or not, it it had him analyze himself. Yeah. So even like something like the seven seen mirrors, it's like you know, at the end of the day, we sh- we can go screw on everything we just taught you, but what we would want you to do, like we're doing, is discover a system of thought that allows you to open the door and shine the light on the darkness and whatever it is, it could be religion. Yeah. Uh, it could be uh, self-help or motivation uh, books and, and speakers, or mm-hmm. it could be a sport, you know, as long as it's not an escape and you're facing your darkness head on and you are looking to transform it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you know about frequency or vibration or chakras. Uh, definitely something we've learned to be extremely useful because of the, uh, the type of awareness it's brought to us, regardless if we want to believe the physical, mm-hmm. uh, you know, validity of it. Yeah, and if you and if you are somebody who is in a more fragile mental state, um, that you know you feel like you may want to and be ready to. Um, and I'm talking about fragile. Like you may be wanting to go into this information in this space. If you're seeing a therapist or you're considering it. Definitely do. And I would always recommend like, you know, when getting into this stuff to have some sort of grounded guidance that'll because when you're going into that stuff about the deep, dark truths of yourself, it could get really, really dark and it could really, you know, if you don't have the the, the strength in your mentality, which is fine. But at that moment, you're going into those dark places. Your thoughts can travel even farther you know, darker as well. Yeah. It's like your demons come out to play. Yeah. You know, so I mean? that can lead to a lot of, you know, things that we don't want to happen. Well, right. You, I mean, the pain's so strong that you want to numb it. So you start drinking or you, or you start s- doing drugs or you suicide. start chronically masturbating. Yeah. Or you just, that's the thing. It's so dark and you can't handle your, your pain to the point that, you know, you end your own life. So definitely keep that awareness. If anybody is more in a fragile mental state, trying to understand this and going into this as well, you know, 
there, there, there's, there's also a, a lot of responsibility that needs to be taken with this information and discipline too. Yeah, I was, I was in it alone for a very long time and it was an extended period of time. Cause I, cause I think I didn't go get, I went and got help because I learned this stuff. Like mm-hmm. this stuff was at first, I can admit somewhat of an escape because at first I didn't really believe it and thought it was pseudo nonsense, but mm-hmm. it just gave me what it did. It gave me a system of thought. It yeah. gave me something to strive for mm-hmm. that was like, you know, a lot of people want to just jump across the river. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's better when you take small steps at first, cause you don't know, you don't know the nature of the river and you don't know where you're really at until you truly slow down and you allow yourself to, to, you know, really care for yourself and care for the situation opposed to wanting to get something through, through, through to it quickly. Like you, you shouldn't have to rush mm-hmm. things like this and whatever works for you, you shouldn't be embarrassed. You shouldn't feel, you know, uh, like you're different. You know, we all have different issues, but we also all go through something along the lines of this where we all do have our darkness and our demons. Mm-hmm. And I, I'd say waiting isn't the greatest thing. You know, my whole thing was I knowledge with my escape at first, and then it ended up being my savior. Mm-hmm. Um, so it worked out, but it also, like he's saying was very scary. Yeah. It was you, scary. You may, you may have that agility and that reaction time to be able to be like, Oh, okay. I could get across this river stepping on these stones. But then again, if you're not doing the full scan of the environment as well, you don't know if that stone is actually a lily, lily pad. You don't know if that stone is actually secure you know, you don't find, know the force of the force of the actual stream that's running or the river that's running. Well, maybe find somebody that crossed the river already. Exactly. And that's where you can really look at it and tap into, OK, well, what did they do? How did they go with the environment? What did they change in their in their approach? Right. So and to cap it off, this is what I mean by if you need to go to church. Right. To feel better about yourself or to get in touch with God or it gets you. This is what I wanted to say before. Instead of course jumping across the river, you go up, just aim for something that makes you feel a little better. Yeah. Don't try and go solve the whole mm-hmm. thing in one shot. Right. A little better. So if say you're going to church, even though maybe you don't maybe you lost faith in God. Mm-hmm. But and you know if you go to church, you're going to be like, I still lost my, lost my faith in God. But for some reason, walking in the building does it for you. Yeah. And it just sparks a little bit of light. But hey, I feel good about myself. I mm-hmm. went and did that. Yeah. Then you are taking the steps. Yeah. So be gentle with yourself. Be compassionate. You know, um, I totally believe because I did this on my own that this information we really try to push out when it comes to the frequency vibration, the fact that it's becoming a science and it really shot me forward once I understood it, so it's like, I want you guys to understand it mm-hmm. quick because it took me a while to understand it. But then once I did, I shot forward. Yeah. And I feel like if you understand where all this stuff comes from and that the ancients and spirituality of our past had it right, like I'm saying they're, you know, and this isn't my reality, but they have it right. And if you just like, they love you and want you to do good and want you to do better. And as long as as you follow the advice and really do the work and be gentle and, mm-hmm. and really care and really open your mind. I think that's the most important thing is open your mind and not because I'm telling you, I'll go fuck myself. Mm-hmm. I really, uh, I would love you to, to see you succeed and love to see me succeed. Yeah. But you know, whatever is good for you, take your time, be gentle. And, uh, and yeah, that's, 
kind of ditto, ditto to that, ditto to that. But definitely, yeah, open up that, open up your heart and your mind, connect the two. This way, you could constantly, consciously come from that better frequency. Um, but you know, give yourself the chance to be the observer of those emotions, feelings, thoughts, beliefs that you're encountering. You know, really take the time to actually try to be an observer of those. You know, you can't you if you you can't fix the problem if you don't look at what the problem is in the beginning. So that's what I'm saying. Take that time. Um, but I just want to finish it off now with the seventh, the scene mirror. This one is the most subtle one. It asks uh, it asks us to allow for the possibility that each experience of life, regardless of the outcome, is perfect in its nature. Goes right along with what we're saying about the process, regardless of whether or not we achieve the lofty goals that have been set by others, we are invited to view our accomplishments in life without comparing them to anything else, without any external reference. The only way we can view ourselves in failure or success is when we measure our accomplishments to an external yardstick. These questions then arise in us. What is it that we hold ourselves accountable to? What do we use as our yardstick of accomplishment? From the perspective of the seventh mirror, we are asked to follow, um, to allow for the possibility that all aspects of our lives, each aspect of our personal life, body shape, body weight, academics, you know, business, athletic, spiritual achievements, that they're all perfect as they stand. We can only be judged when they are compared to an external reference. So allow for perfection in the imperfections of life. What standards are we holding ourselves, uh, which cause us to feel unhappy? How do I come to determine when I have succeeded or failed at something in life. And that's really what it, you know, that balance comes out to of even when looking at energy. Energy is neither good nor bad. It just has certain properties that contain this type of cause and effect, you know, and, and, you know, it depends, like, like I said, what you're comparing your scenario or circumstance to. What's this yardstick in life and why are we comparing it to that? What sort of true value does comparing it to that have on your own personal life? Yeah. And, you know, now that I think I think back on him reading off all seven scene mirrors here is the order of that was important, too. Yeah. You know, if you follow one to seven. And I'm pretty sure that's how they teach it mm-hmm. is you basically become aware of all the things in the mirror. And then in the end, let it go Yeah, and trust it. And now once again, you're working from the internal and taking those stepping stones as you work outward. Yeah. And I, you know, and I always want to get to the candy of things. Like I yeah. want to get to the sweet part. You know, I really want to clear up and open up to you guys about manifestation being, you know, it's, it's a fun thought that we're creators and that we're, uh, we're microcosms of the macrocosmic God. We're the little gods. We're like a, we're the, of course, very common, but we're the, you know, the droplet in the ocean of consciousness and that grand consciousness is God, the ultimate awareness. And I, I, it must be my Gemini nature to be very childlike when it comes to, oh my God, we could have, you could have like anything. Mm-hmm. You can fucking have anything you want. Yeah. You could be good at anything you want. Mm-hmm. You, it's that like. We didn't limit ourselves too when you're in that younger childlike state. Right, right. Like you're free, mm-hmm. you know, and. And getting a taste of that every now and then, it's like, man, I want to teach everybody all the concepts and all the ways of seeing it and how fun thinking that reality isn't just this rigid, 
heavy structured thing that there's this malleability to it. Like there's, it's mutable, Mm -hmm. it's changeable constantly. And you just have to take yourself out of the quicksand. If you just remove, and you put yourself there. When you get older, at first, yes, you may be placed there. Mm -hmm. Like for example, I may have been in certain aspects, but comes to find out it's not quicksand. Yeah. So you're tricked into thinking it's quicksand by staying in that, like mm-hmm. drowning yourself where you're standing and not just stepping out. Yeah. And you end up finding out it's kind of just, it's a weak puddle, waist high. Yeah, that's it. Just got to stand up. And uh, that's, that's I, I really think that's where we're going to leave it off for this one. Um, I know we'll, we'll go further into uh, uh, some of these as well and then even go into more of our own experiences and break things down. But, you know, this is a good start for anybody who's ready to have that determination and put it in the work and that really feels at one with the flow of, of things and, and really for anybody that just needs to find a way to put themselves more into perspective uh, to, to be aware of what kind of environments we're creating for ourselves, whether it's the people. So it's, it's, it's people, the things we do, what we eat, you know, what we listen to, you know, what we say, taking a step a second to take a step back while we still can and observe these things and observe where they're coming from and using these techniques techniques as well as healing modalities for the mind, for the brain, for the heart, for literally every aspect of yourself, because down to the music you listen to, you know, is reflecting a part of your consciousness that did it come from trauma and did it, or did it come from, from happiness. And if you're listening to that music over and over again, you're constantly triggering the trauma. So the movies you watch, you know, why do so many people like to watch certain, you know, like horror movies. And I feel like adrenaline junkies, they have something where they felt like they were always running away. There's some sort of deep philosophical meaning to it. And maybe sometimes there's not, but that's usually a person that's not traumatized. This person who just enjoys the experience of emotions, but really take a step back. Right. And understand is it coming from trauma and blocked emotions and uh, something that stuck with you that has you stuck, like has you in the quicksand or have you freed yourself and you're just able to enjoy life and the free flow of the experience of emotions and understand it's not as serious as, as it's portrayed. Yeah. And, and you may be thinking though, it's like, all right, with all this, where do I begin? Like, you know, like reality, trans surfing, whatever it's up. The first step, is noticing that you're taking a step to be consciously aware of the things that pop up in your mind and the feelings that you get and the thoughts you get that cause you to have an action and understanding if you are reacting or responding. So yeah, whatever that whatever stimuli that's occurring to you, you know, really taking the understanding of being like, okay, wait a minute, there's a cause of something. And I'm going to be a part of determining what effect it has. Exactly. So to take from all this is that life is nothing but a mirror. Life is a reflection of you. And you you must change things on the inside. That's that's basically the whole understanding to all manifestation, to, to everything, is to look at the reflection of you know, what people are in your life and uh, what is the status of your physical uh, and financial bodies. Um, you know, 
what what is coming to you and that is how you know uh you look at the mirror you look in the reflection and then when it comes down to changing it you know you it's not about um you know trying to claw and scratch at the mirror it's changing what's in the mirror uh and that's why i love the analogy because i've always seen my life as nothing but a reflection of my uh inner self and the people and everything that would come to me at those particular points this is how i knew it was it was real deal stuff because i would I, I would look back on my life and how my mindset was and the emotional states I was in, my, my uh, you know, predominant feelings. Those brought to me uh, all the answers I needed. So it, it's all it takes is to look at the mirror and see what it is you're getting back. And then that's how you know what to change. That's how you use this metaphysical stuff to, to better your life. So if you have... Any demons swimming in the deep end, it's a matter of just diving in with them uh, and, and fighting the sharks yeah. uh, as is. Yeah. And, and with that perspective, then you got to ask yourself, what's in what's in my environment? You know, what what am what am I keeping in my environment uh, and what what role is it playing? Is it is it bringing me into abundance or is it depleting my energy? And that's what we have to look into. Same thing with even just our intake of our nutrients with our food and everything. How, how are we reacting to it? We need to listen to the body and go coming in from that more mind, heart connected body and uh, really taking it from there. So these are just some of the few techniques. There's a lot more that you can go and you can look on and we'll definitely touch up on some more. Um, I know definitely we'll get into about even just certain actual natural supplemental uh, uh, intakes that you can have, whether it's through food, whether it's through um, you know, herbal medicines as well, yeah. nootropics. Yeah. yeah. Almost so. like energetic food as well, where, you know, you're supplementing the body, mm-hmm. you know, with your thoughts, you're supplementing the mind and the spirit. Yeah. You know, it's a way you could look at it and, you know, what you're putting in is what you're getting out of it. So very important to be consciously aware of not only your thoughts, but your body and what it, you know, and we all need different things. I know a lot of humans claim, you know, my way's right and your way's wrong or this and that, you know, that you have vegan, you have carnivore, you got all these meat eaters, you got, all of that, let's just break it down real simply. It's you have your own truth. You listen to your body. Let no one tell you, let no group tell you what you are and what you should be doing. And if you stick to that intuitive feeling, that divine spark that you get from anything you're doing, I mean, I would have not found, uh, you know, I take nootropics and vitamins and stuff, and all that stuff happened over time. And some things specifically work for me to improve my, my state physically and mentally and spiritually. That may not work for somebody else. And it's a matter of me listening to myself and listening to my body. And, uh, of course, never being afraid to take advice from a phys- physician. But Yeah, there's like, but there's that ultimate intelligence that even occurs in our bio- biological makeup. And we, you know, we have to consciously choose to see, okay, what, what are we allowing ourselves to be? And our bodies are all, our bodies are unique, our own makeup. So, um, thank you all for joining us. Uh, we'll definitely be back very soon. Uh, don't forget to uh, like, follow, and share. As always, uh, you know, check out our YouTube page. We're starting to come out with more content there as well. So, um, and if, of course, if you like the show and you support the show and help us bring the best and the more. Bring you, bring you as much as we can when it comes to any amount of content. You know, I mean, obviously we're living in times where we know everyone's uh, cutting it close with finance and, you know, your money and, 
and all that. But, you know, we appreciate your time as is, just the fact that you listen. But, um, you know, I hate to be asking for any donations. I don't even want to use that word. But if anyone wants to assist in the growth of the Daily Transcendence and uh, can help us out, we do have a cash app. We have a PayPal. It's in our show notes. We're looking to be more interactive with you guys and be able to, um, of course, as always, bring you the best information and content and, uh, you know, level up our experience of transcending this information together, you know, and uh, that's that's what we're here to do. Yeah. Yeah. So let's leave it off. with with a question to the to the listeners sure thing and that is what is it that you see in the mirror of your life and is it coming from you is it coming from something you're holding on to so when you look into the the mirror to reflect on everything what is it you see and are you being honest with yourself yeah definitely and we want to hear what your answers are i know we can talk about it so you could always uh make a comment uh of the answer uh, and also join us on our Facebook or our Instagram. Uh, you could always come in it that way as well. So yeah, our, e- our email and everything. We we should yeah. be on more platforms soon and uh, more interactive ones. I know we don't we haven't done much with YouTube yet, but it is just two of us. I uh, I actually personally do most of the editing and and production stuff, and I'm learning as I go. Uh, but uh, you know, if we want to figure out how we can be more interactive, so in the meantime. Find ways, whether it's DMing us on Instagram, it's leaving a comment on our YouTube videos, sending us an email. Uh, regardless, we do want to hear from you. Uh, we would like to hear your stories and uh, your answer to that question, if anything. Uh, you know, because I know a lot of people in my life, I observe and and I see them uh, getting a lot of the same results and then not looking in the mirror. And that's not just physically speaking, not looking at themselves emotionally um, and spiritually in the mirror. And realizing that maybe their bad attitude or their trauma or something that stuck with them since they were, you know, since childhood, uh, those things may have stuck around. And because you haven't let them go, well, life will only give you nothing but what you ask for. And that's uh, energetically and spiritually. So we do want to hear your answer. We do want to hear from you. And uh, once again, we do appreciate everything uh, that you guys do for us when it comes to just giving your time mm-hmm. and your and your ears. Yeah. And uh, we will continue to make this regardless. Uh, it's not for the money, but it uh, is it is for the the community and the waking up of the world. We want to be a big part of it. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Anything you ever do, it's like I always think of the motto: "Don't chase after the dream. Uh, don't chase after the money. Chase after the dream." Right. You know. Right. So. That's that's one good thing to leave you off on. So thank you all for joining. We'll uh, we'll be back with you shortly. See you soon, guys. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm-hmm.